Hi, I'm Marshall Ramsey. For years, I've drawn the most interesting people in Mississippi. Now, I get to interview them, too. Welcome to Conversations Podcast, where I sit down with the famous and folks who should be famous, and we just talk. Her graciousness has arrived. Sweet Potato Queen and author Jill Connor Brown is back in the house to talk about exciting things happening in her queendom. Jill, it's good to have you. Glad to have you here. Good to be had. Love the sunglasses. <laughs> Thank you. Of course, they are my trademark. They are your trademark. <laughs> yeah. I got to admit, they um, <laughs> there is a really nice functional part to them. Well, particularly, they do. yeah, they hide a multitude of <laughs> Exactly. I'm thinking about getting a set for myself. <laughs> yeah. You got some with sequins? I can have. I, you can have the spare. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A couple things, just since we're talking about wardrobe and so forth, you have a couple pins on your shirt. These are treasures. Yeah, they're pretty special. All yeah. the time, yes. The top, they're Vietnam service medals. Yeah. In 2014, the zippity doo Operator Parade in Fondren that we put on was the first and only, I'm sad to say, um, yeah. statewide welcome home parade for Vietnam veterans. And so that one came from Washington, and then the one below is from the Mississippi Vietnam veterans. And, I, I, uh, so I remember you and I were, I think we were at a car dealership doing something, and there were some veterans there, and they were just so grateful for it's, that parade. It yeah. was amazing. There, you know, we let them choose the grand marshals, yeah. and uh, there was there was one, and we had a flyover of Vietnam airplanes, and one of those guys, a Marine, God love him, just he saw those planes and started crying and cried the whole route. I mean, the whole by the end of the the parade route, the whole front of his shirt was just soaking wet, and wow. he said he never felt like he was home. Yeah until then, that it, it really just made him feel like he had finally come home. Yeah, my father-in-law had, was a pilot over there, and he just remembers, he came through the San Francisco airport. He said, people spit it's on a us. national disgrace. It really was. Just, so I want to say thank you for that. I mean, you could you is, do so many good things It like is that. my honor. Well, thank you. Yeah, and, you know, I have had the pleasure and honor of knowing you for a long time. I remember I used to go work out at the Y, and you mm -hmm. were a trainer there uh -huh. back in the day. Yeah. Um, and then you just sat down and started writing books. It's, well, you know, I had written for, I wrote for the Diddy yeah. Why Diddy. Yeah. Um, and I wrote for the uh, Clarion Ledger, mm -hmm. uh, wrote a humorous fitness column, and uh, wrote for the Mississippi Business Journal, which was hilarious because it was when Kevin and Rosalie Jones had it. And they called and said, you know, and I wrote under, under the pen name Betty Fulton for the Diddy Why Diddy, and they called and said, you know, we want you to write for the Business Journal. And I said, I've never had a job. Yeah. And they said, no, we want you to write Betty. And I said, oh, okay. And they said, as long as they owned that paper, wherever they went, wherever they spoke, the first question everybody always said, you know, why is this in this paper? <laughs> I read it first, but why is it in this paper? <laughs> Where'd you come up with Betty Fulton? Betty Fulton was a sheep. Uh, okay, the, this is uh, getting better. This is the funniest thing yeah. I have ever seen in my life to date, and I have seen some funny things. Father uh, Guido Sarducci, you know, mm -hmm. Don yeah. Bello, published a book. It's called the Shellville High School Annual, and it looks like any high school annual you've ever seen or been in yourself, mm -hmm. except that everybody in it is a sheep. And they do. They have the faculty sitting in the lounge smoking, and you know they have the football team, and they're they're all sheep out there with helmets on. The, it's just ridiculous. And Betty Fulton was, of course, Miss Everything in Shellville High School. Their colors were green and brown. Their cheer was go green, go brown, go green and brown. It was just. Uh, I wrote to him. I sent him yeah. a copy of my first book, and we yeah. So we have had a. A little exchange there, but that is awesome. That's who Betty Fulton was. Okay, mm -hmm. very cool. Well, I'm going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> so, go brown, go green, go brown. Mm -hmm. On that, you know, but you started writing a little bit, so you knew you could do humor. 
But didn't you, like, one of them say, you know, we don't need you anymore? Didn't that kind of... That, so well, the, uh, the Mississippi Business Journal just dropped my story, my column. That it changed hands. And yeah. just one week I didn't appear. And nobody ever called me. Nobody. <laughs> okay. And finally somebody returned my phone call. Of, you, know, was, you know, how come I'm not in here? And, 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 and he said, you know, well, you know, maybe it's just me, but you're just not funny. <laughs> Clearly, it's just you. It's just you, yeah. <laughs> People have said many things to and about me in my life, kind and unkind, but nobody has ever <laughs> said to me, you're not funny. <laughs> so, But they dropped my story. That was that. And it, it was so, I was desperate to, I, yeah. I was a single mom at that time, heavily in debt, and that was my light bill. Yeah. And so. It's like $300 a month or yeah. something. Which so was, that was the only reason yeah. I ever pursued Anything further writing was trying to replace that three hundred dollars a month. So that guy who was like the really uptight lieutenant from Good Morning Vietnam, <laughs> you know, oh, Reader's Digest is funny. I know funny. Yeah. I can remember that. Mm-hmm. Basically, started your career. Yep. He, he just didn't know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So isn't that funny how that works? It's you know, God was in it from the beginning. I had no ambition yeah. beyond three hundred dollars a month. <laughs> three hundred dollars a month. <laughs> I, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You did it, and of course, you happen to have very good friends, too, that could help you through the whole book writing process. Hey, um, uh, Joanne, I went to see the first attempt, my first yeah. foray was uh, Joanne Pritchard Morris. Who's one of the finest people on the planet. She's pretty cool. And one of the yeah. last living editor, as far as I know. Yeah. Editors don't exist. No, they get rid of them. Anymore. Yeah. Um, they really don't, and um, which is a shame yeah. for book world, but... Uh, She was the chief editor at University Press in Mississippi, Mm -hmm. and I went to see her with the idea of publishing a collection of stories that I'd already written, because I thought that would be easy, and I am satanically lazy, (laughs) and I took, like, everything I'd ever written in there to her, and she, you know, she thought that was a good idea, but she said she wanted me to go home with all these stories and go through and pick out the best ones. I'm going, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what's good and what's not, but... Um, but in the course of that conversation, I threw out the idea of the Sweet Potato Queen's Book of Love, yeah. which was not actually an idea. It was just a title, <laughs> and um, just to make it sound like I had a lot of book ideas, and she liked the idea, and so, but she said it was too spicy for the press, and so... <laughs> Imagine uh, that, yes. <laughs> uh, about nine months later, I got a phone call from her and said that she had left the press, and she was acquiring for... Um, Crown Division of Random House, yeah. and that she had told them uh, about the Sweet Potato Queen's Book of Love, and they liked the idea and wanted to see a proposal. And so she helped me write the proposal, and we put it together, and she bound it. Made, I mean, it looked like a real book, but she took it to New York. She and Willie Morris yeah. took it to New York and lost it. <laughs> <laughs> so Carol Daly and I went out in the middle of a Literally a tornado, sirens were going off, too. She owned the Everyday Gourmet at that time, and we took, I luckily had some copies, because I print everything. Yeah. I do not trust computers. I print. If the page won't print, I'm paralyzed from the neck down until it prints. I don't trust anything backed up on the computer. It doesn't exist. And so I had pages, and we went and, and faxed them to her hotel room. And so she went to the meeting at Random House that would change my life with 50 curled up because I remember the old paper. fax paper was like yes, kind of shiny all, and slick and gross. funny and yeah. yeah. And so, but they loved it and gave me a two-book deal based on that. A two-book mm-hmm. deal. And, and of course, obviously, it grew from book mm-hmm. after book after book. So there are nine. 
now. Yeah. One thing I love about you and your humor, <laughs> and it's something I think you and I probably kind of try to do the same thing. I don't know. You managed to hit serious topics in people's lives, but you can do it in a funny way. In a way, that actually is more effective than preaching at people. Humor is, yeah. yeah. Uh, Daddy always said there are very few situations in life that you really and truly cannot change. Most stuff, you could change it if yeah. you weren't so lazy. or you know, but yeah. Really and truly, very few that you really cannot change. But when you encounter one of those, that the task at hand is to figure out how to either make fun out of it or make fun of it. Right. And I have been extraordinarily gifted in that department. And so, you know, when you write about a tough situation, if you can make somebody laugh about it, you mm -hmm. know, denial is the main symptom of everything right. bad. Really. Oh, exactly. And, but if you can make somebody laugh about a situation, they have had to, on some level, acknowledge that situation. Yeah. And once that happens, then Healing you, can can begin. Begin, you can begin to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, you spoke of your dad. Your dad was a funny guy. He was a funny guy. Yeah. Very funny guy. I wish yeah. I'd met him. I really yeah. do. Cause, yeah. But, I mean, you, you come from a funny family. Yeah. We're all funny. My sister's hilarious. Oh, really? She's written two books, Southern Fried Divorce and then The After Party. <laughs> <laughs> Southern Fried Divorce. I like her that. Her ex-husband once, um, after they were divorced, gave her a gun for Christmas, and she's going, That's brave. What kind of ex-husband? <laughs> <laughs> Very brave. I don't even know yeah. if I'd give my wife yeah. a gun. <laughs> wow. On that now. You happen to have an incredibly talented and beautiful daughter. I do. Yeah, and I, I know do. you're very proud of her. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that from your perspective, but mm -hmm. I, I don't disagree. Is she funny? She is funny, okay. and she's a brilliant writer. She probably won't do anything with it until I'm dead, but she yeah. is a brilliant writer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When she was in, in at St. Andrews and at JA, her English teachers saved her papers. Really? Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of cool, though? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, I've got one of my kids is like, very, very funny and very good writer like that. Mm -hmm. Can't draw worth a lick. But, man, he's creative. <laughs> and I'm just, like, going, mm -hmm. I'm more stoked about that than anything yeah. I've ever done. Mm -hmm. So I know that's, yeah. that's cool. Um, there was, a, I guess, a little festival up in Vardaman that, that kind of, <laughs> I, I, if you try to trace back the Sweet Potato Queens to any place... That's a pretty good place to start. Well, I've never been there, actually. You've never, they never invited you? Seriously, no, they never invited you? No. Okay, well, hopefully heard, this I'm show freezing. will correct that. <laughs> Their yeah. blanket? Yeah. Um, the, um, I heard about it and mm -hmm. just um, that they had a sweet potato festival and they had a sweet potato queen, and I just thought that sounded funny and yeah. uh, still do. Because you've always <laughs> wanted to be a queen, and yeah. you figure out oh, that was, was my shot. For, so that was, I just kind of co-opted their name. Was that mm -hmm. before or after the first parade? That was before. Yeah, that was okay. how I came to be in the first parade. Yeah, Malcolm was in talking about that first parade. Mm -hmm. I mean, y'all didn't have the traffic stopped. I mean, it was Nothing. We were it was five crazy. Just 5 o'clock rush yeah. hour. Went from CS's to, to George Street through 5 o'clock traffic. Oh, my gosh. It was like a Wednesday or Thursday or something. And we were in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah. And... We actually threw sweet potatoes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And uh, Vivian, um, Malcolm's wife at the time, had, uh, was one of the queens, and she had hand-lettered uh, poster board, but misspelled potato. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Quayle would be yes, proud. Put yes, put the E on potato. Yeah. And so there's a picture of that somewhere, and uh, nobody knew what we were or why. Yeah, they just thought, oh, there's a bunch but of crazy we people. Just, <laughs> that was great. It was most fun. But you were chunking potatoes. Sweet potatoes. You could hurt somebody. And Sherry Anglin was, and Mona Schumacher was the other queen, but Sherry Anglin was like a world-class softball player. She could really oh, yeah, sweet potato. <laughs> yeah, she almost broke out a window in the 301 building downtown. <laughs>
<laughs> you could take somebody's head off. It was the IRS at the time. The know, IRS? So, yeah. well, I don't think anybody would have minded too much. <laughs> no. They were like, hey, good shot. Mm -hmm. Good shot. But that was how it all began. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. So, and I mean, tell because the costumes were gaudy and everything. Well, we, we started you know. out just, I wore my sister's 1964 prom dress. Oh, my God. Which was green. And, yeah. you know, it had sequins and stuff on the top. But it was like a size seven, which I never was. <laughs> yeah, because you like one to be 5'2 growing up, didn't you? Right. 5'2, long red hair, green eyes, large breasts, little feet. Be able to sing. Never got any of it. <laughs> and, um, but, um. So I just zipped the dress up in the back as far as it would go and then tuck the flaps in. So it was a really nice, you know, yeah. I've always had a good back, much better than a front. But um, and st I stuffed the front with green socks. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a little teeny tiny tiara. So Not now it. my tiaras come from, uh, from New York. Larry Verba mm -hmm. in New York, who he makes all the jewelry for the Metropolitan, o Metropolitan Opera, does all the Broadway shows. If you've seen Wicked, did yeah. all that. And he makes my crowns. How awesome me. is that? You, so. have your, you have your own special crown, too, yes. don't you? Yes. Mm -hmm. wow. I have some very large ones, you know. Well, the, the good news, I guess, you and Malcolm kind of got back together. Yeah, yeah and, we're and, excited. And that, we're excited, that's, and the Queens are excited. The Hilton yeah. is already full. I know, I uh -huh. saw that. Everything's yeah. full. I mean, and it's going to be, the mm -hmm. uh, new stage is, is, is got your play. The musical. Yeah, the musical, yeah. The Queens musical. Melissa Manchester wrote the music. I know it. She How did you get her on board? She, total God thing, again, my entire life, <laughs> everything, I, I didn't, I mean, how would I have gotten Melissa Manchester? Right. I didn't have her number. Um, we were at that time working on a, a pilot for a sitcom for the WB, which, yeah. thank God, did not go because it was terrible. But, um, but Delta Burke played me oh, wow. in, the, in the pilot. And so Sam Haskell. Mm -hmm. A great Mississippian uh, represented um, Delta and also represented Melissa. And so he was having dinner with Melissa one night and they were sitting And So he was telling what he was working on and told her about the book. And she kind of sparked to it and he gave her a copy of it. And Melissa's process when she started, when she was reading it, she started hearing music. And so she wow. just called me up and said, I really want to write a musical based on your books. <laughs> Knew it. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. No. Yeah. <laughs> and no. so she got with uh, with Sharon Vaughn. Sharon's. Mm -hmm. uh, so Melissa wrote the music. Sharon wrote the the lyrics. Sharon's first number one song was "My Heroes Have Always Been Cowboys." That, and, yeah, uh, that's a good way to start. Yeah. And uh, and Rupert Holmes yeah. wrote the book. Now Rupert wrote the Pina Colada song. Yeah. Which is not why I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really I think hope when he comes, I hope we can make him sing that song. I mean, seriously, I really hope we can make think him about sing it. Those are the song. two most miserable Poor people song. on the planet. I hate that song. They are miserable people. Oh, I mean, I love Rupert, but that is a very terrible song. Yeah. Um, but he also wrote The Mystery of Edwin Drood, which oh, is yeah. the only show in the history of Broadway. He won every Tony. Wow. And so he's won many, many times. Absolutely the most charming man I've ever met. I mean, that says a lot about what you do and the quality of what you do, if you can so, attract that kind of people. Well, there's, uh, and he, he, we had dinner at Melissa's house, and, and Sharon was there, and, and Rupert was there, and Rupert's talking, and he's telling us all about himself, and what, I, and I realized about an hour into the conversation that he is pitching himself to me. <laughs> and I just said, <laughs> no. Yeah, and, but he paid me the ultimate compliment. He said, you know, he said, the words are, are you have written the words. I cannot improve on your words. Uh, wow. And he said, we just have to make a, because there's no plot to right. him. So they have made up a plot. Um, and they did take some license um, with it. And um, which, uh, 
when we first saw it produced in Houston, my daughter, <laughs> they have us living in a trailer. Okay. And, <laughs> now, that's not a cliche we, in any way. We did not, and uh, but and she was horrified, and, and she said something to Rupert about it. He said, well, honey, you know, it's there's nothing really very exciting about average to, to riches. <laughs> we, we had to make her a little more pitiful than she was, and so uh, finally got over it, but it's uh, it's a really, really funny show. The yeah. songs are hilarious, and um, so I'm thrilled that New Stage is doing it. So, Oh, no kidding. Now, yeah. where all has it played so far? Well, it's brand new. Oh, it's brand I mean, new? It's okay, brand so new. yeah, yeah. Start, so, so it started out in mm -hmm. Houston, which is uh, for a lot well, of people... that was the workshop in, yeah. in Houston, actually, so that was the first time it... Theater, live theater is different from any other genre. Oh, sure. And, um, it's got to work its way toward Broadway. And, well, it, the show just has to be worked out, and then the script has to be locked. So, yeah. And so it's represented now by TRW and um, theater rights worldwide. So, okay. if, like, if New Stage wanted to do Color Purple, yeah. they go to TRW, same firm, and they get... So nothing can be changed. You can't change a word. You can't change a note. You oh, can't, wow. you know, it's so... Mm -hmm. It um, takes a while to get to that point. And so it's finally there. And, but at this point, I think New Stage is going to actually be the first to produce it. Which I think is terribly important. Oh, I think, I think it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. 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 And um, so we've got a special Queen Night, but it opens March 13th and plays through the 24th. And uh, Melissa and Sharon and Rupert are coming. And uh, so. How many Sweet Potato Queen chapters do you have now? I think they're over. 6,437 countries. <laughs> There's a chapter in Saudi Arabia. Their motto is no bails for us. Yeah. Yeah. Terrified for them. But All right. So the plays at New Stage at this point is brand new. And like you said, it's locked in. Mm -hmm. How far do you think it's going to go? You think you're going to get to Broadway with it? I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. But if it played in regional theaters, you know, everywhere all the time. It would be I awesome. I would be thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, to have that kind of creative back. Uh, you know, I mean, I went when it uh, opened in Houston when they did the did the the um, the staging of it there. The bushes came. Did they really? And, uh, that was great because it was like I came and and they said, President Mrs. Bush would like to see you, and and they said they haven't ever you know they go to that theater. It was the theater under the stars, at yeah. part of Ho the Hobby Center, and they said you know they're big supporters, but they've never come and asked to <laughs> to see somebody, and so you know. I went to see them, and that was great. Um, I mean, quite an honor. But um, it was uh, it was it was thrilling. I went every every single night. Yeah. I went for the whole run, and so one of my queens, George Ewing, who is the landscape architect for the city of Jackson, <laughs> um, he and I play. He's gonna he's gonna quit his job, and we're gonna go to, when it starts touring everywhere. Oh, that's we're fun. gonna. <laughs> We're just going to go to every production. That's our plan. So we can do with all the roses they hand you at the end of it. <laughs> and keys to the city. Exactly. That's one thing. Malcolm's always been jealous because I have keys to cities. You do, it, yeah. We need to remember that. Whenever, when, when the city of Jackson finally gets around to honoring Malcolm White, which, which is long overdue, I would we think need so, to give yeah. him the key to the city. He's always wanted the key to the city. I think pretty much the locks are broken on Jackson, aren't <laughs> well, they? You can kind of go through the window. I mean. Well, it's, you know. It, it's, you know, it's, it's it, coming it, back. It's, it's com coming it back. Is. It's, it's, it's been you know, problems decades long kicked down the road. It and gives the, it character. And, That's well, what it is. And, I mean, I'm very proud of the current administration. Doing, they're doing great. Doing what they're doing. It's, they're doing yeah. great. You did bring up the Bushes, and, of course, 
Uh, you had a very special relationship with both the first lady and with the president. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about that a yeah. little bit and how it happened, because it's just such a wonderful story how you even met him in the first place. Well, it's a God thing. But yeah. um, for years, I, well, I had known that Jeb was a fan of my first book, because some of the first events that I did were um, were for the Junior League in Tallahassee. So let me, and, so, I'm sorry to interrupt. Well, Jeb Bush, Jeb was, Bush was he was a, he was a spud stud. I have a, I have a picture of Jeb Bush holding the first book. You know, just they gave that to me at, in Tallahassee at the Junior League. They said, the governor really likes that. That is book. awesome. And, yeah. Uh, and so um, the... Barbara Bush Foundation for Family Literacy does yeah. four big events every year, one in D.C., one in Florida, and then Houston and Dallas. And so Florida was Jeb's event. And so they had been they had asked me for several years to do it, but it was always around parade time. Yeah. And I just always said no because it was just <laughs> yeah. too much. And so one year they got a hold of, of my husband, Kyle Jennings, and first, and he accepted on my behalf without telling me it was no it pressure was, there uh, uh, well I mean it was pressure on our relationship yeah that's what I meant <laughs> agreed for me to do something yeah. parade time but he said trust me this is going to be a good thing you're going to be glad you did it and yeah. I was going no I'm not but we we went and I mean it was totally intimidating I mean Michael Crichton was speaking yeah so you and Michael Crichton hanging out together and I was so surprised I mean Michael Crichton yeah. was like 12 feet tall I mean, I'm 6'1", so if someone appears tall to me, yeah. they're a giant. And, I, I mean, I was just like, who knew? You know, he was and, and really handsome but, uh, and brilliant. Um, it was funny, though, because, you know, he was in medical school yeah. and went almost through medical school and, and dropped out to write books. And somebody asked him, said, you know, well, did your mother, you know, how did your mother feel about you? He said, well... After about the, you know, 13th book, she's kind of over it. <laughs> but anyway, so we're at this event with all this, you know, prestige dripping off everybody but me. And we're at a luncheon before the, the event that night. And the, the tickets to that luncheon, we found out, were $30,000 a piece. $30,000. Holy cow. This what? is just so... Did you get a ham sandwich for that or what? I don't remember. I, I was so nervous. Um, and so several tables and uh barbara bush was at our table and jeb and columba were at our table and michael Crichton and his wife sherry were at our table and so um somewhere in the conversation jeb used the word crap <laughs> and barbara bush whipped her i mean just like any mother in the world whipped around and hissed at a chap you know and if if she could have reached him across the table she yeah. would have thumped him on the head i know and i mean and he immediately just shrunk wow <laughs> it was and so i'm just sitting there oh my god because you know my books are a little spicy <laughs> oh god i'm so screwed i'm gonna how am i gonna get through this weekend but uh i mean if crap is unacceptable you're right you're gonna you're in time out so yeah and uh but that all worked out, and um, I, I was, I was funny, and yeah. uh, and the president took a liking to you too. The president took a liking to me. So any event thereafter, I was seated next to the president. He had a good sense of humor, and didn't he? He had a great sense of humor, and wanted me to make him a butterscotch pie, which I never got to do. Aww. But um, it was when when I get to heaven, I'll make him one. But yeah, they were wonderful people. Wonderful yeah, really people. Really were. Was, and what a uh, great opportunity for you to have that kind of relationship. It with was them. amazing. I mean, we did. So I've done all of the events and some of them twice. And yeah. we we got to go. Uh, I got to speak to 8,000 servicemen and women on board 
the USS uh, H George H W Bush, oh, the wow. CVN seventy seven, yeah. the aircraft carrier, and they took us out to see. I say, did you fly in? They uh, on, didn't land. Okay. On it. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, but they took us out to sea. I mean, the, you know, it's not like, you know, cranking up your pontoon boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, but the amazing thing was, the average age of the people running that enormous uh-huh. ship. And the aircraft carriers and all that, the average age was 19. And you think about it, George Bush wasn't much older than that when he was when flying he over shot Japan. Down. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, they did touch and goes. Um, yeah. it, it was thrilling. I wore my daddy's pea coat. Nice. On there and um, on, on board the, the CVN 77. That was, it was quite a thrill. We were, um, and we were invited to lunch at the White House, which, and that was the thing. I was, um, I was invited to speak in, uh, in Houston just recently at the uh, fundraiser for 41's Library. Yeah. And they had asked me to come. We had been invited to her funeral, which we went to. And mm-hmm. at that, they asked me if I would come back and do a tribute to her oh. at this fundraiser. And yeah. so, and of course. And so I went and um, so I spoke about her. And, you know, my mother, my mother's initial reaction <laughs> An enduring reaction to my books was, I don't know why you have to talk like that. <laughs> you know, and I don't think, as long as she lived, I don't think that my mother ever told anybody that I had number one New York Times bestsellers yeah. that you know of anything. Certainly, never gave a copy of one of my books to anybody. But after that very first event, uh, celebration of reading in 2006, I had a, I gave her a photograph of me and Kyle, my husband, with um, President Bush and Barbara Bush. And from then on, anybody that got within three feet of my mother, she would say, you know, have you seen this photograph of my daughter Jill and her husband with Barbara Bush and her husband? (laughs) You finally got some credit. And, I mean, she was so proud of that. And so I thanked Mrs. Bush that she did for me what I could never do. And that was she made my mama proud of me. Well, Jill, in the remaining (laughs) seconds we've got, what's up up next for you? The musical, and we'll see, because the great thing about that is it requires no effort on my part. Exactly. I just get to go (laughs) and watch it. And so I can't wait. I can't, can't wait. wait to see it, too. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fantastic. So, well, Jill, thanks for, for coming in today. It's yep. always good Happy to see to you. Congratulations. Thank too. you. Thank you. I'm Marshall Ramsey. Thanks for listening today. Subscribe to this podcast to be updated on new episodes. Conversations is produced by Mississippi Public Broadcasting.